0: You're on EducateForLife.con radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become. Uh, I'm
1: tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, she.
0: We're now at DEF CON 1. Did you say Carnivore? Or Carnivore?
1: Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800 243 9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring
0: your time and bring your shame.
2: Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And if you've been keeping up with politics, there's all kinds of controversial bills that are uh, come up before the uh, state assembly and the state legislature in California. And today we're going to be talking about one of the bills that came up recently, uh, or is being proposed. It hasn't hit the floor yet, but it's something um, I think everybody out there listening needs to be aware of. And uh, I have with uh, in studio today a uh, special guest, Senator Joel Anderson. Uh, Senator Anderson, thank you for being here today. Oh, Kevin, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, just for those of you who don't know a lot about how the the state legislature works, I just want to give a quick rundown. There are four, forty Senate districts in California. And Senator Anderson is, uh, represents the 38th Senate District. And you've been doing that since 2014, is that right? That's correct. Okay. And b- prior to that, you were in the 38th District.
3: Is, yes, that's correct. Because okay. we went through redistricting.
2: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Now, your current district, that's about 30% of San Diego County, is that right?
3: That's correct. Now- or Just under a million people in San Diego County.
2: Okay. Now, now uh, is that the largest district in San Diego County?
3: No, all the senators have just below a million. Okay. so it's forty divided by the total amount of uh, uh, California citizens.
2: Gotcha. Okay, so that includes El Cajon, Escondido, um, San Marcos as part of your district. Now, um, also, then of course you have the assembly, and the assembly has eighty uh, members. Is that is that right? That's correct.
3: Okay. And they're just uh, just under a half a million per district. And they're all broken up throughout the state as well.
2: Okay, so we've got 40 40 sections uh, for the Senate, and then we've got 80 sections for the Assembly. And uh, you served both in the Assembly as well as the Senate.
3: I had two terms in the Assembly. I started in 2006. I got elected to the Assembly. I served uh, four years total there, and then I moved to the Senate. And this is my seventh year in the Senate. Next year is my last year. Wow. Okay, because turned they, out. Okay, and the maximum is twelve. Is that right? Well, under the new rules, but I actually fall under the old rules. Okay, so I could go back to the assembly for two more years. But I think Randy Vopel doing an outstanding job, and I'm not running against him. Okay, Mayor of Santee. He's former mayor. Of former Santee. mayor of Santee. Current now he's now he's
2: in the Senate. Okay. Assembly member. Oh, mm-hmm. assembly member. Okay, fantastic. All kinds of amazing stuff. And uh, so what you're what we're going to talk about today is what's called SB 18, and um, uh, Joel, can you explain for our listeners what exactly SB eighteen is? And, and this is brought up by the same guy that brought up uh, mandatory vaccinations um, for for young people in the state of California. Is that right?
3: Uh, that's absolutely correct. Dr. Pan, uh, Senator Pan, uh, brought up both of those bills. SB, uh, I can't remember what it was, but you know we use the same bill numbers each and every year. And so I always have to ask, well, now, which bill is this? Because some of them are bill numbers that I've actually used for good bills. Yeah. Uh, Which bill and what year, right? Exactly. But so SB 18, if it was a resolution, I think most people would agree with it. It sets a a ruler and establishes a baseline of what we should expect for our kids. And it's called a Children's Bill of Rights. But what it truly does—
2: And that sounds really good on its face. I mean, who's oh, going to argue with uh, rights for children, right?
3: And, and, if, and if we were saying that this was to ensure that all children uh, uh, had clean air to breathe, clean water to drink, yeah. uh, a healthy food to eat, we all would agree with it. But it sets it in law. So what, it's, what essentially it's doing is it's measuring whether you're a good parent or a bad parent Based on what fa- some faceless bureaucrat establishes is mm. that as the bare minimum.
2: So whoever's in power gets to establish what uh, what qualifies uh, as a good parenting or
3: bad parenting is essentially is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely, and, and you're absolutely correct in that. And you know, if it was a resolution, I think that most people, at least I would be willing to support it. But I'll never support uh, wedging, allowing the state government to wedge its self in between a parent and a child establishing that it has more authority over raising my child Mm. than I do. This is a direct attack on parental rights. That's why it's so dangerous.
2: Now explain to us the difference between a Senate bill, SB, a Senate bill, and a resolution. Why why would you support a resolution but not a Senate bill?
3: Well, a Senate bill establishes in law, and so you have to recognize the state's authority Mm. over raising your children versus a parent's right to raise their own child. A resolution is just a person's opinion. Mm. So if someone says, I want your child to have clean air, uh, well, I agree with that, so that's easy. But if you tell me the state is going to mandate that my child has clean air and I, the state has more authority over my child, or perhaps the amount of exercise, mm-hmm. you know, can you imagine with all the bills we have on uh, sugary drinks and on uh, whether it's good or bad to be a vegan, all these things, the state would now be able to say, you're a bad parent if you're not a vegan, or you're a good parent uh, if you're a vegan. Mm. They would be able to dictate all of that. How many calories you can have per day? How many calories? How yeah. many, You know, they, they wanted to put a 10-cent uh, a tax on all sugary drinks. But that's a parent's right to choose. You mm-hmm. know, everything's in moderation, and I trust parents to love their children more than the state of California.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, they're detached from the state of California. I mean, Dr. Pan may have very good intentions, but the reality is, is he's not there in the day-to-day sacrifices that each, each parent makes. So
3: what if, what if uh, the state decided that if you work for a company that pollutes, you're not a good parent? What do you do? What if the what if they decide that any parent that allows their child to climb a tree without a helmet, you're no longer a good parent? Mm. Now CPS is knocking on your door because uh, they're making choices for you. The state doesn't have that rule. You should have the right to raise your own child. If we allow parental rights to slip away and that a faceless bureaucrat behind closed doors is making the rules in which you could raise your child, we've lost all parental rights.
2: But, Senator... Uh, I mean, there are a lot of parents out there that aren't good parents, right? I mean, I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Sure, Somebody comes up and they say, yeah, but, but the fact of the matter is, is look at all the kids that are um, you know, malnutrition. Uh, they, they face malnutrition. They, they don't get enough food to eat. Their parents are sitting on the couch watching TV instead of uh, taking care of their kids. Doesn't the state need to step in and do something to defend those kids?
3: But that uh, is already in law. CPS, RA, Child Protective Services already are involved in that. This goes much further than that. This isn't about necessarily their food. I use that as, as an example. Yeah. This is about attitudes. So if I – perhaps I had President Obama sign on my front lawn, or maybe I had President Trump's sign on my front lawn, mm. we're going to have a bureaucrat saying that is a – that could be construed as a hate crime, and we don't want you raising a child based on the political signs that are on your front yard. Or they could turn around and say – who do you work for? There are good employers and bad employers. We know the state legislature comes up with crazy ideas all the time yeah. where they want to punish one company and promote another company. We can't allow those type of people to set the bar, and this bill would allow them to set the bar as to whether we're a good parent or a bad parent. Yeah, but Our children are our children. They're not the state's children, and this bill moves them further from parental rights to states' rights, mm. and that's why this bill is so dangerous.
2: Okay, that's that's really helpful. And you know, the question that comes to my mind is: um, I mean, you recognize this. Why doesn't uh, Doctor Pan is a pediatrician, and he's the one who has authored this bill? Uh, doesn't he recognize the dangers in what he's proposing? Um, doesn't he realize that? I, I mean, because I've read the bill too. It's vague. It's it, there. It's very subjective, and it's very open ended in the sense that. Uh, you know, you can you can really um, I don't know how to say it.
3: You can, it's in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah. If a faceless bureaucrat decided something, they have all the latitude in the world. This establishes their importance in your child li- child's life, and it, and it supersedes your importance yeah. in your child's life.
2: Now, doesn't he see that? Doesn't he see that as the, as the author of that? I mean, the people. I mean, our our um, California legislature is predominantly uh, Democratic. Um, is he getting support from the, the, the Democratic uh, side on this, or w- what's happening?
3: Well, so far the bill hasn't moved even to its first committee because okay. I think that many of the Democrats, most of the Democrats, agree with me. Okay, They believe in parental rights. They see this as a direct threat on those parental rights. Look, uh, just think about some of the things that are around us. You know, uh, in terms of health care, this would set a parameter where somebody could dictate what's healthy for your child and what's reasonable for your child even if you don't agree with it yeah. does your child have access to birth control uh, is does your child being forced to use birth control or if you say this I, is not this is not something that that the state has a right to say it's mm-hmm. my child it should be my choice mm-hmm.
2: very good my guest today is senator Joel Anderson he's a representative for the 38th district here in San Diego County And um, we're going to be right back. We're going to continue to talk about SB18 as well as a few other things. We're going to talk about education in California. How are things changing in California? What does he see for the future of education in California? Uh, As Trump has taken office, he's made Betsy DeVos his uh, secretary of education. These are all very important issues that we want to be aware of as um, people who live and uh, make their living in California and raise their children in California. We're going to be right back.
4: Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall Family
0: and Team Home Loans. What do leading local restaurants have in common? How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and
1: Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I
4: will cast my cares on you.
2: Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to a recording of this show and previous shows. My guest today is Senator Joel Anderson. And he has been involved with uh, the the California legislature for quite a time. He has uh, served in the Assembly as well as the Senate. He's currently serving in the Senate. And uh, Senator, you were involved uh, a little while ago. The state of California was trying to require that all parents who wanted to homeschool that they had to get a teaching credential before they could homeschool. And that's a big process. I mean, getting a teaching. That's not like, you know, you go down the street and take a few classes and you're done. And essentially, they were almost uh, eliminating parents' ability to homeschool uh, or making it very difficult to be able to do that. But you were very involved in uh, making
3: sure that wasn't the case. That happened on a Friday afternoon. By Monday morning, we had collected over 80,000 signatures in support of a resolution that I had written. You see... In one weekend, you got 80,000 signatures? There's a lot of homeschoolers in California who are laser-focused. And by the way... um, we had a choice. Some of my colleagues wanted to write a bill, but if they wrote a bill, then they would have been acknowledging the state's role in raising our children. You know, as parents, it's our uh, it's our responsibility to raise our children. It's not the state's responsibility. Yeah, and we should be able to make these types of choices whether the kid go, whether our children go to uh, private schools, public schools, or are homeschooled. Yeah, and yet the state wanted to interject itself into that role. So we wrote a resolution recognizing the benefits of homeschooling, and we had so many signatures so fast that they flip-flopped, and by Wednesday, they had changed that ruling and gone back to anybody can homeschool. But if you look uh, at who wins the spelling bees, homeschoolers kill it. Yeah, that was 2008 that that happened, yeah. Right. When you look at science fairs and you look at all the things, homeschoolers do a phenomenal job. And parents should be empowered to have the biggest, most important role in their children's lives, as God had intended. Yeah. And naturally, I mean, um, did you homeschool your kids? We did all three. Yeah. My kids went to public, private, and homeschooled. Okay. Uh, you know, when you're a parent, you're looking to get the most for your child. You sure. want to ensure their success. So our kids started off in, in uh, Christian schools. Uh, they weren't challenged enough, so we shifted them to homeschooling. And then they were... Uh, they were challenging us too much. Uh, my oldest <laughs> daughter was ready for uh, calculus or freshman year. Yeah, she was fourteen, and I thought if freshman she, year she's already in calculus. Well, when a child says, "I really like this, I want to study more," yeah. as a parent, you don't say, "Oh no, you've had your quota. We're going to <laughs> no, stop no. you."
2: Wait a second, you're only in ninth grade. Calculus is not till eleventh or twelfth. So I'm sorry.
3: And, <laughs> in this, and, and in this dad's ability, it's not till college. Yeah. So I. Uh, we didn't want her going to a community college because all I could think of is uh, yeah. I'm going to jail and some 21-year-old is going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but So we went to a, a charter school, and, and the teacher was a woman. She identified with my daughter because she was terrific in math, and yeah. so she taught my daughter at home speed. And then that later, I'm very proud of all my children, yeah. but that particular child went off to the Air Force Academy. So uh, uh, I think that most parents are open – to doing what's in the best interest of their child. Mm. And if that means it's private, public, or homeschooling, they're going to pursue that path because you want your child uh, to bloom into the person that they're capable, that God intended.
2: Yeah, and they they need that option. I mean, I think it's so important that the the government is so disconnected from that child. The parent's right there with them. They love them. They care for them. They take care of them. Of course they're going to want what's best for them more than the state is going to want that. So it makes perfect sense. And why would the state... Uh, be involved in taking away that choice, that option to homeschool or whatever. It blows my mind. But but it's something we have to constantly be aware of because there's kind of this uh, governmental creep that uh, slowly takes away your, your rights if you're not careful. But,
3: but SB 18 that we started to talk about yeah. lays that foundation so that they do usurp all parental rights because now it will be dictated. Every aspect of that child's life will be dictated to the parent. And if the parent fails to comply because perhaps they disagree – then, all of a sudden, uh, they get to lose their children to CPS. Mm. You know, one of the things that people should take in consideration is if your child's in Christian education and they judge your faith is to be a hate crime because Ooh. perhaps you don't believe in same-sex con- marriage. Yeah, the controversy you, over. Absolutely. So yeah. then they could use that as leverage to say that you're a bad parent under SB 18 and move your child out of your control. So all these things make a difference, and you have to nip them early. When we talked about abortion years and years ago, mm. nobody thought that they would take your 12-year-old, your 13-year-old, your 14-year-old out of school, give them an abortion, and by law they're not allowed to tell the parents. So That's the I mean, current law in that's California. That's the current law in California. But if you were to say 20 years ago, oh, this is where it's going to lead, nobody would believe it. Mm. Well, I'm ringing that bell today. SP-18 is a bill like that you 're going to lose complete control of your child, and the state is going to own your child and that 's why we absolutely have to defeat this and On my state website, if you google my name there 's a petition you can sign and i 'm collecting signatures and i 'm going to present them to Dr. Pan, so he understands that californians we're going to fight for our kids yeah we 're not going to roll over for the state
2: now now how long uh, have you been uh, you know when were you made aware of s b eighteen and how long have you been uh, you know raising getting signatures? Where are you at currently in this process
3: well uh it was about 30 seconds after it uh, passed yeah. the desk. What they do is they write up a bill, then they put it across the desk. That's the term for it. Okay. And it becomes a public document. I will have to tell you, I usually am on it, but there are so many families that were watching this process closely, so many families who don't trust Dr. Pan. Yeah, We because- believe that Dr. Pan has his own set of issues, yeah. that uh, they were on it calling my office, and of course, I agree completely sure. with, with the opposition, and so we started putting together a campaign against SB-18. And then social media, You, if you follow me on Twitter or follow me on Facebook, you'll see that we've been after it. The problem we have right now, yeah. uh, this early in the process, is we have so many bills that are just horrible. They're direct attacks on our family, like like SB 54, which turns us into a sanctuary state.
2: Now, what does that mean? Explain that for our listeners. What does it mean if California becomes a sanctuary state?
3: Well, there is no such thing as true sanctuary because the federal government can always execute, any federal agency can always execute on federal law, and no state law preempts federal law. But what we can do is we can help prioritize for the federal government of who to deport first and right now we have 11,661 undocumented felons serving in our prison system. That doesn't include the 58-county the jails or all the city jails. Wow. That number would go far in excess of 12000 And we're
2: 000. paying for that. That's like $40,000 a year. Well, it's the closer
3: house cri- to 72000 Oh, my so goodness. So it's a significant amount. And we receive, through federal grants, uh, $50.6 million per year to offset the cost of housing undocumented felons. So we would lose that financial support and at the same time we would be shielding those felons to return to our communities to harm us again. And so that's why uh, I've shifted so when you away from we, 18 to 54 in the short run trying to kill that bill but then we're going to put a lot more effort into 18. So when you
2: say we'd lose that funding that 56 million that's because is that because uh, the Trump administration has said that they will remove uh, funding
3: no, these are grants, and okay. you have to apply for the grants. The, the press has reported it incorrectly. They say that you know Trump's a bully and yeah, yeah. Trump's taking the money away. No, the money is available to all states that wish to apply for that money. We no longer qualify to apply for the money. If I'm buying a car and you give me a scooter, I'm not going to pay you for the car. So the bottom line is they're offering this money for states that allow ICE agents into their jails to, to, to
2: deport these criminals, to def- illegal to, criminals. To
3: identify the criminals uh, and later deport them.
2: Okay. And, okay, I see what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. Now, your website is anderson.cssrc.us. Is that right? That's correct. Okay.
3: But if you Google Joel Anderson, yeah, it it'll pops pop up. right up. That's, That's right. the easiest.
2: Yeah, you're all over the place. Okay, so if you're listening and you want to support this, which uh, we need to um, as Christians, as conservatives, as people who – Um, care about uh, individual rights and really as American citizens, um, we want to stop SB 18 and we also want to stop the other one is
3: SB 54. SB
2: 54. (laughs) So my guest today is Senator Joel Anderson. And we're talking about these bills in California that are, that uh, different people are trying to pass. Dr. Pan is trying to pass. He's the same guy that uh, tried to mandate vaccinations on all kids, regardless of how parents feel about vaccinations, um, essentially taking away uh, children, Uh, from their parents and making them kind of like a ward of the state in a sense uh, where the, the state has the final authority not the parent we're going to be right back and we're going to continue this discussion stay with us
0: before I bring my need I will
2: bring my heart Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. If you haven't heard all of this show, you can pick up a recording of the show on my website. We're on YouTube too. You can see us here in this studio where our smiling faces and, um, you know, it's amazing. uh, You know, California is one of three states that does not offer any kind of exemption um, for vaccinations for your kids. So, so what I mean is, if your kids want to go to public school um, or even private school in California, they have to, they're have they mandated by the state to take vaccinations, regardless of how the parents feel about it. And there are some vaccinations that, as far as I understand it, are made with uh, aborted fetal tissue. And so that being the case, um, the state is forcing people to violate their conscience. Uh, this is awful. But it's not surprising. Because if you look at the makeup of the California legislature, uh, the state senate currently consists of 27 Democrats and 13 Republicans. And the assembly consists of 55 Democrats and 25 Republicans. And and except from 1995 to 1996, the assembly has been in Democrat hands since the 1970 election. And uh, so it's a battle uh, up there. And so my guest today, Senator Joel Anderson, uh, he needs your prayers. And uh, he's doing an incredible job. He has he turns out next year, but um, he has been a huge blessing. He's done all kinds of incredible things, uh, including uh, Senator Anderson. You you were involved in making sure that our retirement system, uh, as far as I understand, it was not investing in the Islamic Republic of Iran.
3: Iran fir- at this uh, funny start. I, I didn't mean to make that pun. But uh, when I first got to the legislature, they put me on one of the worst committees a Republican can be on. Yeah. The Public Employees Retirement System. This is a committee where they keep coming back asking for more benefits, more wages, more, 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 more.
2: And all you can say is no, no, no. Right? Well, <laughs> uh,
3: you want, of course, you want to uh, fully compensate people for hard work. Absolutely. So I don't want to say it was no, 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 but it was pretty close to no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But I threw myself into the job and. And I wanted to know something about it because it's something I never I had never done before. And as I researched, I found out that we had twenty four billion with a B billion dollars invested in the Islamic Republic of Iran.
2: What in the world? That's just it's just mind blowing.
3: So I couldn't I could not uh, fathom how that would be a, an important place for us to to uh, be fully invested.
2: Yeah, I mean, Iran is the largest uh, promoter of
3: terrorism. Absolutely, in that year. They had taken 15 Brits hostage this is back in 2007. Akhmijad, the president had said on over 300 occasions that year that it was his goal to to build the bomb, eliminate Israel from the face of the earth, and take on the great Satan referring to us yeah. I took him at his word and I set out to divest our public pensions and we're and
2: we're investing in their country.
3: Well, not anymore. Well, because, not anymore. Because I, to you, I divested. Uh, I put, I put the bill in. And I worked the bill extremely hard. It was the first bill I ran uh, when I first got elected. It got national attention. Twenty two states followed suit, and so did the federal government. Even the federal government was invested in the Islamic Republic. And uh, you know, when I, when you look at this, this is one of those issues though that once I brought a lot of attention to it, even my Democrat colleagues. Co-authored this yeah. bill. 118. I was in uh, between the two houses, assembly and senate. There's 120 offices. 118 of the 120 legislators co-authored this bill with me, and I invited each and every one of them to join me because I thought this bill uh, fundamentally everybody would support. Yeah. There's nothing that Iran does that we agree with. Yeah. If your husband cheats on you, they bury the wife to her waist and they force their children to stone her to death. It's despicable. If, you, if you're gay and you're accused of being gay, they hang you. Look, we may not agree on every issue, but we certainly agree on basic human rights, mm. and they violate human rights each and every day, and, and they should never see any benefit from our money, our hard-working uh, retirements. So uh, I was happy to pass that. I was happy to be part of a national movement to, to divest all public pensions from Iran. But I've never stopped fighting, though. And when when it came down to the vaccinations, I'm not against vaccinations. Mm. My kids have been vaccinated, but it was my choice. Yeah. Having the government tell me as a parent, you're not important in your child's life like SB 18 does. Yeah. That's the problem. We want, we, we prayed and begged God yeah. to, to bring these children into this world mm. and and we have to continue to fight, even if that means fighting against the state of California on who has the most rights in raising our child. I believe it's the
2: parents. And one of the largest ways that uh, listeners and, and people out there who care about this sort of thing can make a difference is by uh, getting involved. And um, you're gathering signatures to present to uh, Dr. Pan. The, Look,
3: the, I'm in the super minority. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, the tail doesn't wag the dog. But at the end of the day, the people of California count. And so that when we can collect uh, tens of thousands of signatures, most bills are lucky to get uh, six or 10 uh, endorsements. When we start getting those types of numbers, every legislator understands, this is a big issue. People mm. are very focused and concerned, and they run scared. And well, I shouldn't say that. They uh, get religion, and they decide to get on the side of right. And, and so that's what we do, need to do. We need to send a strong signal. These are our children. And, and the state has no right to raise them.
2: And when is uh, Doctor Pan up for uh, re-election?
3: Uh, you know what? I, 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 <laughs> he should be concerned, right? Well, I think I, I think that every legislator should be concerned yeah. when they're trying to steal parental rights. Yeah, uh, and that's bipartisan.
2: I mean, that's Democrat and Republican. It's not as if uh, you know Democrats want their kids to be uh, owned by the state
3: listen when when it, when s b two seven seven the uh, forced vaccination spills came up, you had all walks of life. there wasn't you couldn't just say these were all Trump supporters or all Obama supporters. you had all walks of life. Mm-hmm. you had all economic interests. you had poor people, rich people. you had uh, uh, tall people and short people. <laughs> you had everybody in there. and so uh, and I was it, when when that kind of stuff happens. It gives me great encouragement because if people are willing to fight for their kids, if they're willing to do right by their children, mm. it means that California is not totally lost, that we still have a chance at turning the state around and getting people back on their feet and lifting them.
2: Oh, that's fantastic, and and that's encouraging. Um, I mean, you're right there in the middle of it. And I guess that's kind of my question too is, is um, you know, California has made – we have trillions of uh, – you know, what, what's the debt? Uh, do you know the current debt on California by any chance? It's 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 way up there. I mean, we've. It, it's post- hard to
3: keep up. Yeah, we, <laughs> By the time I finish speaking, there'll be another ten million. <laughs> That's
2: right. So, uh, I mean, it seems like it's out of control environmentally. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on uh, with the vaccination stuff, with other bills that you've said are coming to, to the forefront. Um, what you know, as a conservative Christian, and m- most of my listeners out there are conservative Christians. Uh, what uh, can they do in order to make a difference in California? Um, is this just the way we can expect it to be? It's been that like, like this since 1970, or is there a way to change that?
3: So um, now you're going to get me to beat up on Christians, but I'm going to beat up on some Christians. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm, I used to uh, do MPU registration. I'd go from church to church, and we would register voters to yeah. make sure that the, the uh, moral majority would be heard. Yeah. And uh, it was shocking to me when I'd go through it to learn that, that fewer than 20% of Christians vote. Wow. So they say they vote, but when you look at the vo- the voting records, it's not true. Hmm. So the best thing we can do is hold, uh, look to your left, look to your right when you're in church. Yeah. One of them's lying. Yeah, Make fair. sure they show up and vote. Make sure that they're registered to vote, because we're giving what no foreign country has been able to take by force. Hmm. We're giving away for free, and that's our liberty. Wow. And we really need to show up in numbers. And if you – I forgot what the statistic was, but if, I think it was uh, – if it was 10 more Christians per church voted, we would have won every election up and down the state and across the nation. Mm-hmm. So we just need to make sure that people value it as, as, as important as it is. I'm always shocked when, when I talk to someone and they say, well, I'm not quite sure who to vote for. But they knew what car to purchase. Yeah, <laughs> they spent three days researching cars yeah. to get the right minivan for their family. But they didn't spend any time researching their next president.
2: Yeah, they don't realize that the the consequences of that are uh, immediate. It's it's not something that's way down the road. My guest today is Senator Joel Anderson, and he's given us all kinds of fantastic insight and advice on what's happening currently in the legislature, as well as uh, you know what we need to do in order to make sure we don't lose our rights as parents and as citizens in America and our freedoms. We'll be right back.
0: This got to be
2: more. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host Kevin Conover. Uh please visit me on Facebook. Love to have you uh, check out what I'm doing there, my website. I've got an incredible homeschool curriculum that you can check out there, all about answering people's questions about the Bible. How do we know God is real? How do we know the Bible's his inspired word? Uh what about all the other religions out there? Lots of questions that we answer on my website. I'd love to have you check it out. I'd love to have your feedback. My guest today is Senator Joel Anderson, and we've been talking all about SB 18, Senate Bill 18, which is a very scary bill that um, basically takes uh, the power away from parents to parent their children. Um, if you're interested, you can check out uh, uh, Senator Anderson's website, and on that website, it's anderson.cssrc.us. Uh, you can also just Google his name, and uh, you'll get all everything you need, but he's got tons of information out there on this. But I, I printed out some of the statements from SB 18, and this is what it says. It says, uh, the legislature finds and declares that all children and youth, regardless of gender, class, race, ethnicity, national origin, culture, religion, immigration status, sexual orientation, or ability, have inherent rights that entitle them to protection, special care, and assistance, including but not limited to the following. Now, so far, this sounds like, wow, that's awesome, Right. But here's, here's where it gets uh, scary. Number one, the right to parents, guardians, or caregivers caregivers who act in their best interest. There's, that's very scary right there. It's very subjective, their best interest. Number two, the right to form healthy attachments with adults responsible for their care and well-being. Uh, who, who decides what's healthy? <laughs> Number three, the right to live in a safe and healthy environment. Uh, that right there is so subjective. (laughs) Number four, the right to social and emotional well-being. Vague. Five, the right to opportunities to attain optimal cognitive, physical, and social development. And six, the right to appropriate quality education and life skills leading to self-sufficiency in adulthood. And seven, the right to appropriate quality health care. This is from Senator Richard Pan The same guy that advanced SB 277 that mandated vaccinations for children who wanted to attend public schools.
3: So, uh, Kevin, go back to 1.3. Relates to the right to live in a safe and healthy environment. That's right, yeah. So, So what does that mean? Does it mean that you're allowed to spank or not allowed to spank? Does it mean that you're allowed to own a gun in the house or no guns in the house? Does that mean that you have a deadly dog breed? You know, some dogs are better than yeah. other dogs. So is this is this a pit bull? In nobody, the house? nobody with a pit bull can own a, a child. <laughs> uh, what's your political affiliation? Because we know that some people believe that Republicans are are haters. Yeah. and and despicable and uh, beyond redemption. So, uh, what's your occupation? Some occupations work for oil companies, and we know they're gross polluters. So mm. these must be bad people. Who's, the, the biggest question, and you hit on it, is who sets these rules? Faceless bureaucrats that are not accountable to anyone. And that's what makes this so scary. The other part is, do you have enough income? Perhaps you're too poor to raise your own child because you can't offer them everything that's necessary, and the state should intervene yeah. and take your children from you. Yeah.
2: I was, I was talking to somebody that worked for CPS the other day um, who goes to my home group, uh, and she said that the CPS will not take a child away from a person, even if they're homeless, as long as the child is getting fed and is okay. But if this pet were to pass, um, it says right there, um, which was the one, uh, the right to live in a safe and healthy environment. I mean, gosh, homelessness, that sure doesn't qualify as a, a safe environment. But where would they put them? They'd put them in foster care, right? Right. Or, or something like that. Right. So and that is not uh foster care has a horrible reputation for kids as far as growing up and yet here we are looking at the state taking away um children from
3: their parents crazy stuff and in you know um <clears throat> in many faiths uh homosexuality is frowned upon mm-hmm. so what if you are a devout muslim and does that give them the right to take those children away because perhaps you don't believe that um uh that you support uh, gay lifestyles. Yeah, or right? gay marriage or something. Gay yeah. marriage or something like that. So all this stuff is so subjective, and it, and it forces the state government in that, to break that sacred bond between a parent and a child.
2: Yeah. And uh, that's interesting, too, because, I, I mean, I was talking to somebody else who was talking to me about this, and they, they were saying that what's happening in the state of California, there's even, um, and maybe you know something about this, legislature that's trying to, they're t- trying to take away the language of mother and father out of um out of you, you know the code the the legal ease essentially, so that basically the state determines uh who the mother and father is uh if you have if you have a same sex wedding and there's a fight over you know who the biological parent is, the state gets to decide who the parent is. It's no longer the biological parent that's the parent it's whoever the state says the parent is. And so all these things seem to be kind of coming together to give the state this ridiculous amount of power, something that we would, uh, you know, very Orwellian kind of uh, uh, situation.
3: And you can see how this could evolve in direct attacks of people in faith. Yeah. Uh, that we're now going to create this whole category of hate crimes based on hate speech. Mm. And so if you're speaking from the Bible or if you're speaking from uh, any other religious book that doesn't just bless and, and encourage that behavior – you could be accused of, of hate speech and perhaps that's not the environment under SB 18 should be raising children. And so here again, SB 18 lays down the foundation to make all these judgments down the road and it leads leads to a path that breaks up families.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're listening out there and you care about this, which you should, um, go to uh, Joel Anderson's website, Anderson.cssrc.us. And you can get involved. Sign the petition. He's also got a a petition to stop SB 54. Um, And uh, one more time, I know we already talked a little bit about this, but why is it so important that that California does not become a sanctuary state?
3: Well, the biggest threat is that we have 11,661 felons that are undocumented serving in our prisons, and this would limit ISIS' ability to deport them. So we have uh, people who trafficked other humans, who are serving in our prison, SB 54 would shield them from ICE by not giving ICE access to look them up to find out whether they're documented or undocumented.
2: The federal government to get in there and— Right. Yeah, okay. So
3: as a result, they would be returned to our communities, and then these people, uh, 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 child abusers, senior abusers— human traffickers would all be returned to our community to prey on us again. Mm. And that's wrong. They should be deported. There's no good reason to shield felons from deportation if they're undocumented.
2: Well, why why is you know who, what's the mind what's the person thinking behind this SB 54? Why are they trying to shield these people from being deported?
3: They believe in family unification at all costs. They don't care that your child is at jeopardy. They don't care that that someone would be as despicable as a human trafficker. They just think that if you're here illegally, that you have as much or more rights as there, as the common citizens like wow. you and me. That is unbelievable.
2: Okay, so um, please uh, go and visit his site. Get involved. Make a difference. There's too many people out there that aren't involved. Um, you know, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, "Hey, great show, great information," uh, makes me upset. Don't just let that be the end of it. Please uh, get involved, make a difference. Um, You know, there's a lot of people out there, where a a lot of people who are like-minded Christians, conservatives, uh, people who love the Lord and love freedom and love the values that are American values. But if we don't get involved, those values are going to slip away, uh, right? Use your rights or lose your rights. That's the way it works. So um, get involved. We're going to have one more segment with Senator Joel Anderson. I'm going to go in a little bit more personal direction, uh, if you don't mind, Senator Anderson, and ask how you got involved in... in, uh, politics and what stirred your heart to get involved and and uh for those of those of you out there who are listening who are thinking hey i'd like to be i'd I'd like to take an even further step and get more involved in government and politics and so forth we'll hear from him about how he got involved and maybe some advice he can give you if you want to get involved we'll be right back
0: for 36 years, Fast Lane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fast Lane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride. 619-222-0766. FastLaneSailing.com At Dana Landing. Arena across from SeaWorld, 619
4: genes.
5: homes.com I will cast my cares on you. You're
2: the... welcome to educate for life i'm your host kevin conover and this is the uh, last segment here with senator joel anderson and uh senator anderson you weren't always senator right you were assemblyman and before that uh what were you doing what, were, did you grow up in high school thinking to yourself you know what i can't wait to become a senator
3: no i, I never <laughs> once thought i'd run for office uh, I will tell you, though, uh, my parents prepared me the whole way. I'm the youngest of eight. We've never had a meal, especially a holiday meal, that didn't involve uh, arguing over religion or politics. Oh, wow. <laughs> that must have been a loud house right there. <laughs> it was. And so I, I, I learned to speak uh, w- with a stentorian voice in order to be heard. But I, I've uh, I've been very blessed, and I, I uh, was drawn into it over abortion. I was a pro-life activist. Uh, I've prayed in front of abortuaries. I've, I've uh, worked uh, churches to, to get more Christians registered to vote and more active to show up and vote. You know, what no foreign country has been able to take through force, we are giving away for, re- mm. for free, and that's our liberty. And so I have been uh, very, very involved. And then at the time, uh, I owned a, a direct mail house. And one of my clients was Steve Baldwin. Steve was an assemblyman in East County and just an incredible leader, just a wonderful person. And he encouraged me to run for office one day. And I ran. I lost. But I learned an awful lot. And I realized how many people I could help uh, from that position. Mm. So eight years later, I ran for assembly. I won the second time. And we haven't looked back. Uh, You know, what always gets me is people work so hard to get elected and then choose to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I leave office in two years, at the end of '18, uh, I'm not going to have any regrets. We have worked so hard in so many areas: uh, one to preserve liberty, one to uh, preserve religious liberties and freedoms. And uh, I feel terrific about wh- what we've accomplished as a team. And I say we because no legislator does it alone. Yeah. Your families there on the front lines, uh, uh, your your uh, chief of staff and all your team, Colin McLaughlin's my chief of staff. Does a heck of a job for me, but my whole staff does a wonderful job. And our our motto is it's our job to make government work for you. Hmm. And that's how we've operated and that's what we continue to do. But I would want to encourage people to get more involved. You know, when you help somebody else, the endorphins in your brain fire off like no other. Yeah. In my business, I I helped other people make a lot of money, but I didn't fix any of the, the ills of society. As a state legislator, as a local elected, you have an opportunity to be a tipping point in someone else's life in mm. a very, very positive way. So, if you have a, an open heart to lifting others, if you have a heart uh, to give to others, this is the perfect place. You shouldn't turn your head thinking all politicians are bad, all politics is bad. No. If you got involved, it would be better. There you that's go. why you need to be involved.
2: That's fantastic. Now, um, so. So when you got involved and he said, hey, I think you should run, what would you recommend to somebody out there who is thinking, yeah, I, you know what? I would be interested in that. Um, do they need to find somebody? Do they need to call your office? How do they get the support they need to, to make that happen?
3: Well, they absolutely call my office. I'd be happy to talk to you and walk you through how to do it. Mm-hmm. But the people that are most successful are the people who are already doing it. So uh, the uh, walk in the streets, the the, the chair, the, the president of the booster club, yeah, the the chairman of the little league, the uh, Rotary Club president, people who are already giving back to their community. It's a natural for them to want to give back more and to do more for their community. So people that are community minded, they have a huge leg up. Yeah, somebody who wakes up one day who's never helped their neighbor, and says, "I need to be president." they're not going to be successful. I gotcha. A person who's already involved in their community, who already shows that that giving spirit, they're the ones that get elected quickly and easily because everyone knows who they are and how hard they work for others. Mm, that's great. That's great advice.
2: Now, did uh, did any of your other uh, siblings end up getting involved in politics?
3: Well, I will tell you this this uh, horrible story uh, that I find <laughs> hilarious. And when I got elected to the Senate, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Barbara Boxer, Mm. had chewed out a general in the uh, military during the hearing because he said ma'am to her. And she said, "Uh, call me senator. I worked hard for that title. So I'm the youngest of eight. And on election night, when it was clear I won, all my family members sent me different uh, notices congratulating me. And one of my brothers is a retired uh, major general in the Marines. So he sent me, on. oh, I'm so proud of you. And I couldn't wait to hit reply all. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Senator. I've worked hard for that title. He didn't talk to me for about two and a half months, but everybody else in my family was laughing about it and still does today. And I I couldn't resist. Uh, When you have a big family and y'all love each other, you're pretty uh, pointed with your remarks. That's right. So I, 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 I usually don't share that story because I don't want to insult people because our military works so hard for our liberty. And that's why it's so important that we vote. That's important why we are more involved in politics because we don't want uh, to lose the liberties that yeah. they fought so hard yeah. to preserve for yeah. us.
2: And you got a bill actually passed that, w- that granted um, veterans free access to state parks and everything to honor them and just to say thank you, right? Oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the, one of the uh, – the pro tem at the time of the Senate wanted to carve it down to just congressional medals of honor. Mm. There were 22 that year. And we were talking about allowing uh, all the veterans to have access to our state parks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is a small way of saying thank you Absolutely. for giving your your service.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people putting their lives on the line. And, and uh, like you said, right? freedom isn't free. So... Uh, that's fantastic! Thank you so much for being on the air today, uh, Senator. It's been a real uh, blessing having you here.
3: Kevin, it's it's a blessing for me. I, you know, I've heard so many good things about your show, and and being uh, invited on for the first time. I hope it's not the last time. Oh no, definitely uh, not. But I really appreciate <laughs> being here. Thank
2: you. Absolutely. Anytime that there is something coming up where, you know, uh, we need to get the word out, um, I'm all about that. I ran for office myself, and. Sadly, I didn't win, but it was my first experience. So maybe maybe, I I didn't win
3: my first time either. There you go. But you now know how (laughs) addicting it is when you can help so many people.
2: Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's amazing what you can do. So fantastic. Well, we're going to be back next week. Um, If you uh, did not hear last week's show, I had Mason Weaver on, uh, who is an amazing guy, um, a black man who grew up in the 60s and 70s, um, was actually, uh, somebody attempted to murder him. He got involved with the Black Panthers. Uh, his story is just incredible, and uh, he was very, very uh, his, his he was very, very uh, liberal in his uh, mindset, and he had embraced uh, democratic views. But today, uh, he has embraced Jesus Christ, and he allows Christ to guide his viewpoints and the way he thinks. And I really challenge you um, whenever you're trying to make decisions, whether it's personal, whether it's political, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, go back to the word of God. Look at the word of God. What does it say? What, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit cliche, but what would Jesus do? And uh, that's an important, a very important way that we can make good decisions that ultimately um show that we love people and we love God. Thank you so much for being here today and I look forward to being with you next Saturday. God bless you. Have a fantastic day.
0: Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb, but for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email kevcon at educateforlife.com that's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com.
1: You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices
0: that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's alright.